while we're worshiping to that song. I love that statement. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. That's actually out of the book of Genesis. It's a storyline from Joseph's life. If you don't know the story of Joseph, Joseph was his dad's favorite son. Because of that, his brothers hated him. In fact, they planned to kill this young man. Um, but it didn't work out. In fact, what they ended up doing was selling him into slavery. He went into slavery, and then from there, he was put into prison. And then through a circumstance of events, God takes him and raises him up to second in charge of all of Egypt. Can you imagine the hatred you must have going through that whole process of being abandoned by your family? Not just abandoned, but, but thrown away and, and tried to be murdered, but they couldn't murder you, so they just sold you into slavery. When we come to that statement in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20, Joseph is standing as an adult in front of his aged brothers. They have come to Egypt because their land is dying out. They're, they're in famine. And they're hoping to get some food and they're hoping to be saved. And Joseph ends up standing in front of these brothers who years earlier had tried to kill him, tried to destroy him. And as Joseph is standing there, tears, I would imagine, begins to come down his cheek. And he makes a statement to them. What you meant for evil, you were trying to destroy me. God the whole time had a plan to turn it for good. You were going to turn it for good. And as I, as I sing that and I picture this moment in Joseph's life, I'm overwhelmed with where did he get this kind of confidence? Where did this kind of, I don't know about you, but I think I would have been embittered at that point. I think, I, I think over the years, I, I, just, I think it's my nature to, to not forgive so quickly. Somehow in that whole process, Joseph found confidence in the Lord his God. I want you to know something. For some of you, 2019 was a year where your confidence was stolen. See, if you can steal someone's confidence, then you can destroy their destiny. And the enemy has been putting some things in our lives and coming after some precious things, the purposes and callings that we were supposed to be living out. And what's, that, what, what's happened in those tragic moments is our confidence has been stolen. Guys, I tell you what we need in 2020. We need a restoration, a restoring of our confidence. I'm old enough to remember a lot of years, and I'm a pretty decent sports fan. In 2001, there was this crazy moment that happened. In 2001, Michael Jordan, who was the greatest basketball player of all times, let me just tell you that right now. Michael Jordan decides that he's going to be a player owner and he starts a team. Maybe some of you heard of it. It was an expansion team, the Washington Wizards. And Michael Jordan now is going to pick his team. And he recruits, he picks the number one draft pick. He got the number one draft pick that year for his team was a man, a young man. He was 18 years old, fresh out of, out of high school. Never even, went to, never even went to college. This young man was supposedly going to be one of the best players they ever ever had come out of, at a, they took him right out of high school. And Kwame uh, Brown, come, help me say his name, Kwame Brown, there you go, I always get it confused. Kwame Brown is 18 years old and Michael Jordan picks him to be on his team. Can you imagine that? Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all times. Kwame Brown, his opening statement to Michael is, I can't believe you picked me, thank you so much, sir. And Michael then took on Kwame Brown to mentor him and, and disciple him, literally to coach him to be the best basketball player there was ever going to be. He took those first few months during the offseason, and he had him over at his house. Michael Jordan, can you imagine Michael Jordan mentoring you? 
Somewhere in the early stages of practices that first season, Kwame Brown began to look really good. In fact, he got, he got pretty arrogant about how good he was. And the storyline goes that in one of the practices, Kwame Brown decided he was going to challenge Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan had this statement that he gave to the younger players. He had this little statement. He said, you reach and I'll teach. He constantly, if you'll reach up, I'll teach you. This particular day at practice, Kwame Brown said, Michael, I think I'm better than you at this point. I'm younger, you old. He said, I tell you what, I'll take you one-on-one. Michael Jordan didn't want to do it at first. But Kwame stayed on him, stayed on him, stayed on him. Until finally Michael said, okay. And right as they went to start playing, Kwame looked at Michael and he said, today, you reach because I'm going to teach. Michael Jordan responded with, oh yeah, you teach and I'm going to put you on your backside. And for the next 15 minutes, Michael Jordan didn't just school this young man, but he cussed him the whole time. He talked bad about his mama the whole time. He ripped this kid apart. And in that moment, Michael decided, this kid is arrogant, and I'm going to have to teach him something. And from that point forward, Michael began to cut on that boy and cut on that boy. Every game, he called him stupid. That was dumb. you no good. You're a blanker. You're beep, beep, beep. It's recorded. You can find this on YouTube if you go, if you go check it out. And this young man, Kwame Brown, who potentially was going to be one of the greatest basketball players in the NBA, something shifted in that moment. Can I tell you what happened? He lost his confidence. It was stolen in that moment. He, yeah, he had arrogance. And yeah, Michael was trying to teach him a lesson. But most of you have never even heard of Kwame Brown. He played a few years in the NBA. He never scored really that great. In fact, as he went from trade to trade, he ended up one time, a story goes out, that he ended up, he ended up in L.A., and he was playing alongside Kobe Bryant. And there's a moment in a big game that Kobe was being double teamed and coming out of the halftime, out of the timeout moment, he pulled Kwame aside and he said, listen, they're not checking you under the goal. So I'm gonna pass it to you. I'm gonna get them all drawn out to me. I'll pass it to you. You just make a layup. And Kobe rep- uh, reported that Kwame said, don't do it. Because I don't, if they found me, I don't think I can make a free throw. This young man, his confidence was stolen. He had the potential to be one of the greatest basketball players of all times. And he just kind of, eh, he played. He made a little bit of money. I want you to know something. The enemy's plan is to destroy your confidence. Because if you have no confidence, then you can never live out potential and purpose. And as we go into 2020, we got to get our confidence back. We got to stand before the Lord our God and say, Lord, help me. Give me some confidence back. See, can I explain something to you? Arrogance is the result of you and I attempting to overcome our insecurities by ourselves in our own strength. Confidence comes when we get on our face before the Lord our God and say, Lord, I submit to you. You make me great. What the enemy meant for evil, you will turn around for good because I can't turn it around for good. And so today, as you're sitting there in your living room, maybe even in Starbucks, hanging out with friends, I want to give you a couple thoughts on how you and I can literally turn it around, how we can take what the enemy meant for evil, turn it for good, how we can rebuild, reestablish our confidence. Number one, write this down wherever you're at, put it in your phone because you're going to need this in 2020. Number one, the first thing you got to do if you're going to restore your confidence, and that is you got to get real with Jesus. You got to get real with Jesus. How many times do we play games? I got this, God. I got it. I know what I'm doing. I, I, I can figure this out. And we do it in our own strength. You know, the, the, the guys that I mentor and those that are, you know, in, in a circle with me, we call it getting spiritually naked. I know that sounds creepy, but we call it getting spiritually naked. In other words, take up all the mask, all the outsides, and just be real. Just be real. Just be honest. You know what the Bible says? He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. When you and I just say, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't fix it. I, can't, I don't know how to be a good dad. I don't, I don't know how to serve you, God. I keep going back to the same old sin. We got to get real. When we get real with him, that's when he responds. Proverbs 10, 9 says it like this. Honesty 
lives confident and carefree. You know how, why I'm confident and carefree? People are always like, Pastor, you always are having fun. You seem like you don't have any worries. That's because I've learned to be honest with myself and with the Lord. God, I don't have it all figured out. I need you. I'm not, I'm not out there trying to outdo the next guy. I'm just doing my, my best every day to live purpose. And every day as I get before the Lord, he just builds my confidence. First thing you got to do is you got to get real. You got to get real with Jesus. Here's the second thing you got to do, and that is you got to release those who've hurt you. You got to release them. That's what's holding back your confidence because you keep replaying what happened. And if only this would have happened. And, and you're mad at yourself for not saying something in that moment. You're mad at yourself for not doing something. You're, you're frustrated that, that it didn't go the way you thought God was going to make it go. And you keep replaying it. You got to let it go. You got to just let it go. There's, there's a wonderful Disney movie where she sings that to you. Let it go. Let it go. Surely we can learn something from Disney at least. But the Bible says it like this. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 15, says, But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. This is a critical principle in all of Scripture that God expects us to forgive because as we forgive, it's more important for us to forgive for us. You might have a right. They were wrong. They shouldn't have done it. It was wrong. But when you and I forgive them, it releases us. It releases us. How many times did Kwame Brown lay at night in his bed and he heard those curse words that Michael Jordan said over him. Those things that, that you ain't no good, how dare you? Because Michael Jordan talked smack to him the whole time. How many times did he replay that? How many times did he stand there at the free throw line thinking, I can't make this. There's no way I can put this in. Why? His confidence was shot. Was shot. You and I have to learn to let go of those who've done it wrong. Here's the third thing I would teach you to do, and that is you've got to reverse the curses. Come on, if you've been to church on the hill before, I've taught you. You've got to speak what God speaks. You can't keep speaking what you hear everybody else saying, what your grandmama said over you, what, you, what your grandfather said in anger one day, or your daddy or your stepdad. Or that kind of, you've got to reverse those curses. And the way you do that, we've learned this in our church, that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so what you do is you take those 7,000 promises throughout Scripture that God's given and spoken over us. And you take those and you begin to reverse those curses by speaking those things over yourself. I am, I am wonderfully and fearfully made. I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Not because I'm good, because he's good. He said he'll never leave me or forsake me. You speak that, build your confidence. Build some confidence in you. The last thing I would teach you, if we're going to go into 2020, and you're going to fulfill purpose and destiny and transform the world around you, the fourth thing I would teach you to do, and that is attempt great things for Jesus. You say, I just, I just can't do it. That's why you have no confidence. Because you know what? All of us need a little win here and a little win there. But if you never step out and try some little wins, you'll never make it to the big wins. What did David say when he stood in front of the giant and he's cursing Israel? David said this, I've already killed a lion and a bear. You ain't going to be no different. I've already attempted this and I attempted that. I failed one time, but the other time God helped me. And this time God helped me. So I got some confidence, not in myself, but in God's ability through me to do something huge and supernatural. This year, I want you to take somebody under your wing. You see the power of what Michael Jordan did. Just You see the power, how he literally destroyed that young man in an attempt to try to help him. He got mad at him and he destroyed that young man. Imagine what you can do by encouraging another young man or another young woman. We've got an entire generation. They don't know which way is up. They want to, they YouTube it to try to find it out. But at the end of the day, we all need to invest in others. I wanna challenge you this year, take somebody under your wing. I also wanna challenge you, rebuild your confidence. Take the steps that I've taught you today and let us go change the world. 
wherever you're at, wherever you're sitting, standing, kneeling, laid up in the bed, whatever you're doing right now, I want you to bow your heads with me across, across all this United States because I want to pray over you. I want to minister to you for just a moment. Father, we come before you today. Lord, we recognize that we've got holes in our confidence. Lord, we've got, we, our confidence has been stolen. Maybe not in every area, but there's some areas of our life that we don't think that you can move in. Maybe, Lord, for that person who's prayed for healing and their body is still just tore up. Jesus, I pray that you would build their confidence again. Lord, let them learn from these little lesson points what to put into practice. Father, I pray for that, for that minister who quit the ministry, who said, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I failed too many times. And Lord, they're sitting there on the sidelines. They're wondering if you'll ever give another shot to them. Lord, they don't need to wonder. Ministry is what comes out of you. It's not what you do for a profession. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, their confidence will be restored this year and they get back to mentoring somebody and discipling someone. Lord, for that person, that individual, Lord God, who's lost confidence that you can heal their marriage. God, I pray right now that you would drop a word into their heart right where they're standing, right where they're sitting on the couch. And they'll reach over and grab that spouse and say, we can do it. We're going to make it through. God's going to get us through. I can't do it on my own. You can't do it on your own. Oh, the counselors haven't helped us, but God, we're going to get on our face and we're going to cry out to him every day until all this junk is gone, until we're one again. Father, I thank you that, Lord Jesus, that every man and woman connected to us, as they hear this message, that confidence would be restored and they would go into the earth change it one hurting heart at a time and Jesus we thank you for your goodness now if you're watching me and listening to me today I want to give one more call I want to give a call to those of you who say you know pastor I gotta be honest I, I'm away from God I, I'll be honest I, I lost my confidence I sinned and, and, I, and, and I feel guilty and ashamed and I just you know a friend made me watch this you know or I found this somehow searching YouTube and I, but as you're speaking, I just feel God tugging at my heart. Friend, only God can do that. I'm not good enough to motivate you to get your life right with God. But the Bible says it like this. If you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, that he'll forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Right where you're standing, right where you're sitting, all you have to do is ask God to come into your life. You say, man, that sounds so easy. Like, that is so easy, right? Exactly. Because all the heavy lifting was done 2,000 years ago. Jesus died on a cross. He, he did the heavy lifting. He paid for every sin you and I will ever commit. He paid for it once and for all. In fact, I tell people it's like he, he created an account with your name on it. And every sin you ever will commit, he's already prepaid it. He's paid it forward. How cool is that? He said, oh, well, how do I access that account? Well, I just told you. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is the Christ the Son of the living God, and He will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I want to pray with you right where you're at. Father, I come before you today, and I ask you right now to transform the lives that are crying out to you. Now, if you can hear me wherever you're at, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, today I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you, but here and now, I ask for your forgiveness. Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for me. Thank you for healing me. And here and now, I declare, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Write my name in your book of life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm yours forever. In Jesus' name. Hey, welcome to the family of God. God bless you. May you never be the same. We love you. And I believe in that 2020 is going to be the best year of your entire life.